On today's episode of Ask the Planner, we are talking about the benefits of using faux silk florals for your wedding in place of real fresh flowers. Now, some of you listening to this episode might think, wait, Desiree, silk flowers? Like the kind my aunt gets from Michael's? But before you immediately write them off, I want you to listen to this episode and consider if you would actually prefer to use them over fresh. We dive into many different questions such as, do they look realistic? How can you make them look realistic? What color options are available? And so many other things. So definitely check out the episode. As always, you can find the episode show notes for today's episode at verveventco.com forward slash 51. That's verveventco.com forward slash 51. And make sure you listen all the way to the end so you can get the details on the special offer from the Silk Stem Collective exclusively for our listeners. And now on to today's episode. listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verve Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to first give a shout out to our sponsors. The first is our own wedding planning template shop. Regardless of where you are in your wedding planning journey, this shop has tons of resources I created specifically for you based on a lot of the tools I use with my own clients. My most popular items these days is the ultimate wedding planning checklist for couples, no surprise there, and the wedding mood board template. The checklist is a game changer when it comes to knowing what to do and when in your wedding planning journey. And for all my decor-obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template turns that messy Pinterest board into a cohesive and organized decor roadmap for your day. You can pick up these products and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. And don't forget to use my special podcast discount code, which is podcast10 during checkout. Again, use the code podcast10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. The second sponsor of our podcast is The Planner's Playbook. I have been in the wedding industry for almost five years and have been planning and executing events for over 15 years, and I am constantly learning and still trying to level up my game. Candice Coppola, who is the master behind The Planner's Playbook, is also my business mentor, and she has put together an incredible coaching program called The Planner's Playbook. Now, if you want to fast track your wedding planning career, this is your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Seriously. It's designed for wedding planners who are five years or fewer into their business, and it will give you all the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget. It will also help boost your productivity with solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. I am a spreadsheet queen and Candace's spreadsheets are the bomb.com. So amazing. Every month you will receive a new playbook straight to your inbox 
and it will be filled with tangible and tactile advice on everything from how to plan a attended wedding to preparing client budgets, mapping out your client journey, all of the things. And the last playbook was over 70 pages of amazing information, and I'm still going through it. How can you say no to this? Also, the doors to the Planner's Playbook open only four times a year, but you can ditch the wait list and join anytime by visiting my unique sponsor link. Imagine all of the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. So if you want to learn more about the Planner's Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. Again, you can skip the wait list and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash planners playbook. Now the last sponsor of our podcast is Lovestream. I have used Lovestream with my weddings and my couples are so happy with it. Not to mention they have excellent customer service, which is huge for me. Now, even though we all thought we would be getting back to a quote unquote normal wedding, Luckily, Lovestream is a one-way, high-definition, high-quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're still a part of the audience at your wedding, even though they're sitting on their own couch at home. Your guests click on your personal URL, and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with their microphone settings. Seriously, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting and someone forgot to mute themselves? Imagine if that happened at your wedding. True story. Now, if you are planning a destination wedding, they also offer all-inclusive live streaming destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. But what I love best about the company is their excellent customer service, which starts right when you visit their site and their live chat feature lets you ask questions before and after you book with them. Seriously, it's so amazing. Now, to get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventco.com forward slash love stream and enter the code ask 10 for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash love stream and use our code ask 10 for 10% off any love stream virtual wedding package. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and to you, our listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be able to have this show. I couldn't make all this free content without your support. So thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting our sponsors, and supporting the show. And now, on to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. Today we're talking about the pros and cons of fresh versus faux floral decorations for your wedding. If you all follow me on my wedding planning account at Verb Event Co., you all know I love beautiful floral arrangements. So that's why I'm super excited for today's conversation with Amanda and Megan from the Silk Stem Collective. So here's a little bit about our guests. Silk Stem Collective is an award-winning faux flower boutique that specializes in hyper-realistic silk floral arrangements for weddings. In 2019, co-founders and sisters Amanda and Megan launched Silk Stem when trying to plan Megan's wedding. After searching high and low for floral options, it seemed that there was no good balance between cost, ease, and beauty. So they started a company with a focus on quality, realism, and beauty in the Silk Stem Collective. Their company is dedicated to creating picture-perfect florals for a fraction of the cost of fresh. And guys, if you go to their Instagram or their website, they're beautiful. So I definitely urge you to check them out. I am super excited to learn more about this. So without further ado, everyone, please help me welcome Amanda and Megan to the show. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you guys. Hi, Desiree. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here. Awesome. Okay. 
So first, I'd like to start each episode getting to know our guests a little bit before we dive into the interview. I read your bio at the top of the episode, but I would love for you guys to tell our listeners in your own words a little more about you, how you got started, and what brought you to where you are today. Sure. So like you said, Silkstem was actually born out of my own wedding planning experience. Um, so back in 2019, I was planning my wedding. Amanda, my sister, was obviously helping out with that. And my fiance and I, we knew that wedding flowers were pretty low on the list of things that we wanted to spend a large chunk of our budget on. So we still wanted something beautiful, but it had to be affordable and uh, not, not a DIY because we didn't have a whole lot of time. So my sister and I went to the local craft store with the idea of getting some faux flowers, making some bouquets and and using those. Um, but when we went to the craft store, nothing really um, looked super realistic. And I didn't think any of the, those were the right option for me. But mm-hmm. Amanda is basically an Internet genius. She started sourcing these beautiful luxury faux flowers and they were really expensive, but we decided that it made sense to invest in these really nice flowers and then sell them after the event. Mm-hmm. So I used these flowers for my wedding. Amanda assembled all the bouquets. They looked beautiful. And then when we went to sell them, we kind of realized that there has to be tons of other couples in this position who mm-hmm. want something beautiful, want something that looks like fresh, but don't want to spend $2,000 or, or even $1,000. And so from there, Silkstone was born. We started renting our... Um, our realistic full flower bouquets and it's grown from there. That is amazing. I have so many questions just from that. So, you know, I've had before on the show, I've had business partners on the show and, but I've never had siblings. So I love that you both are, so I have a sister myself and I, I love her to death. Sometimes she even assists me on weddings, but I don't know if I could go into a joint business venture with her. So one, was it immediate that you thought we should definitely do this? And then did you ever have any reservations about it? Or you're like, this is obviously like going to be the best thing ever. You know, we didn't really take a second to think about what it would mean running a business with your sibling, <laughs> <laughs> but it's worked out really well. I think anyone with a sibling knows that the best part is that you can be totally honest with them anytime. So we have that level of trust and it's been fun. That's amazing. We also thankfully have um, very different skill sets, I would say. I personally really enjoy the day-to-day operational tasks of, you know, building the boutonnieres and, you know, sourcing the prettiest white roses. And Megan, on the other hand, is very good at maintaining all of the social media accounts, um, reaching out to customers and answering questions. Uh, So it makes it a lot easier when we have a really natural division of labor between all of all of the tasks we have to do each week. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely um, going to be very, very helpful. And I've heard that a lot with people that have business partners or even, you know, different when you're hiring people for a company, you want to make sure that they have different skills or they want to do something different from what you want to be doing in the business, because otherwise that's where you're going to end up butting heads. So, Amanda, um, Talk to me a little bit more about you actually building the bouquets, because did you ever have experience before in creating bouquets or boutonnieres, or is this your first time? It was definitely a learning curve. Uh, Floral arranging is an art, as I'm sure most people know. Um, And we definitely went through a couple iterations and got better as we went. Uh, It's been a lot of fun 
using all the internet resources that are out there now to learn what looks good and what the customers are looking for, uh, keeping up with floral trends in both faux flowers and real flowers. But I will admit it was definitely uh, something that I had to do a little bit of learning on to make something that was up to the level of design quality that you get with a traditional fresh florist. But Amanda is also modest here because she's one of those people that can just like read a book and then all of a sudden she's like, I made a rug. I redecorated my entire house. I did this. <laughs> so she does have that like innate talent to just, right. she has that eye for design that I wish I did. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. Um, all right. So now let's get on to today's topic, which is the secret to realistic faux wedding flowers and also the impact that your florals can have on both your budget, the environment, obviously your wedding design. Um, I think a lot of people don't tend to think about silk flowers as a nice option for their wedding florals, but I've seen your florals, they look amazing. And like you mentioned, real flowers can be very expensive. And you know, even without just thinking about the pandemic, when I was thinking about this interview, real flowers have increased in price by almost 300% in some cases. So that is definitely going to be a problem. I think this, this episode is going to be in this interview is going to be really interesting and helpful for a lot of our listeners. Um, so can you tell me more about just how the business is structured and how like the different services that you all provide to help people think through like how they would work with someone like you all that provides the silk and the rental options for, for couples? Definitely. So Silk Stem is basically like rent the runway, but for flowers. We invest large amounts of money in these luxury faux flowers in the same way that rent the runway will buy a designer dress and then people can use it for the fraction of the cost. So we offer bouquets, boutonnieres, basically anything that you'd be able to get from your traditional florist. It's just on a rental model. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's fascinating. Um, so do they have it for like you, they book it for like the weekend or do they have it for the week and they comes in or, and then they're all arranged and they're ready to go. Or do you have to like work through them, work through the process with them of like thinking through, this is how many bouquets you need. And then like, like what more of a traditional life of a wedding would be like. We get that question a lot. So we have eight curated collections. They're all different styles, different colors, and we don't do custom, but we do have um, collections that are pretty, I would like to say open-ended. They fit a lot of different styles, a lot of different venues. And sometimes when you're wedding planning and you have so many choices, it's nice to have it narrowed down to just mm -hmm. a few um, a few options, but that are very high quality and that you can really make your own, whether it's pairing it with color linens or, or putting a different color ribbon on the bouquet. Um, so people can really make it their own in that way. As for the, the rental process, um, when couples book, they put in their event date and we ship the flowers directly to them about a week before the event. So there's sufficient time for them to unbox them, make sure everything is um, in, in the proper condition, nothing got damaged in shipping. And that way we can make any adjustments or overnight ship anything that was damaged, um, make sure everything is ready to go for, for the wedding day. Awesome. And then after the event, uh, we allow uh, two to four days for the couple to be able to ship the flowers back to us. Uh, we do include the prepaid return labels all ready to go. Uh, with the goal being that the return process is 
as easy as possible and, and low stress for everyone involved. Awesome. Yeah. I love that you provide the return label because I think that's always the worst part <laughs> of like sending things back is printing it out, finding a printer, you know, finding the order, all that stuff. So I think that's, I mean, I think that's good. It's great that you think through the whole entire process of, of the, um, the experience of the customer. So that is, that's great. I I'm super impressed because the fact that you were able to find an option or find something that is definitely a need in the market, because I always like one of the worst parts of the wedding day for me is at the end, not just the cleanup, but like, all right, now what are we going to do with all of these beautiful, gorgeous flowers? It's just heartbreaking to me. So I'm always like talking to the wait staff or talking to whoever, like, do you want some flowers? You know, and so, you know, the couples will sometimes reuse them for the next day for their brunch or the bride wants to keep them for the bouquet because she'll get the, you know, the, the dried petals or whatever. Um, but there are a lot of flowers that are wasted and it just breaks my heart because they are just so beautiful. So can you talk a little bit more about what the environmental impact is of renting faux flowers compared to using fresh flowers? I'll take that one. Uh, this is Amanda. I've done a little bit of uh, environmental research with what's available online in terms of life cycle of our flowers versus fresh flowers. Um, from what we've been able to learn, we know that fresh flowers are inherently not very environmentally friendly, mainly because of the transportation uh, influence on their environmental footprint. So fresh flowers are usually not grown in the U.S., uh, and they do have to be refrigerated when they're shipped so that they can stay fresh as long as possible. And sometimes only a third to half of the flowers that are shipped end up being used just because they get damaged in transit or they don't live long enough. Uh, from what we've been able to find, uh, even though our flowers are plastic and they are shipped once from overseas, we've been able to find that within two to three uses, the environmental footprint breaks even with fresh flowers. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then how often, like, because, you know, you're kind of, you're basically at neutral after the two to three uses, how long have you been able to see that you're able to keep these arrangements or the bouquets or the flowers themselves? We found that most of the materials we have not had to replace yet after anywhere between three to 10 uses, depending on the collections. We do periodically switch out some of the flowers, some of them uh, get dirty, or maybe they have some loose petals, and we do swap those out within the bouquets. But the shipping materials, a lot of the packing materials, all of that we've been able to uh, reuse uh, at least five times, if not more than that, for the shipping materials and the flowers themselves many more times than that. Uh, we do intentionally source flowers with a little bit more durability, knowing that one of our one of the parts of our mission is to use them as many times as possible. So we are willing to invest the money in higher quality items that will last us longer. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that's great. Cause I don't, I don't think even people think about um, all the packing materials and the boxes. I mean, sometimes I think about this when all of my Amazon boxes arrive and that's why like I try more now, especially in the holidays to buy local, not just because of all these boxes and the shipping and everything, but just, there's just a lot of waste generated when things are shipped to people. So even in the flower, the floral industry, I'm sure that's definitely um, even like the packing paper, I think to wrap the flowers, the, like the, the real flowers themselves has gone up in price. So I can't even imagine, um, how much is being wasted and how much money is being spent just on that. 
One of the other uh, things that fresh flowers usually require is floral foam. Uh, Floral foam is a special foam that you can soak in water to keep the flowers fresh longer when they're in their arrangements. And it works extremely well. However, the microplastics that they use for it have been found to create issues when they get in the water supply. So our ability to use uh, styrofoam and use it multiple times uh, rather than just once, uh, we feel also has a, a positive impact on that aspect. Awesome. That is great. I love this. This is so great for the environment. And I know that's really important for a lot of people. So this is this is fascinating to me. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like the design and the color palettes. You said that, you know, you have eight different color palettes and options. Um, how, how do you come up with those designs or those palettes? Are you doing research on Pinterest? Cause, and then are people, is it easy for people to choose amongst those collections and have something basically for almost everybody when they come to you? That's one of our goals. We think that we've uh, picked color schemes and a variety that uh, can really serve most couples. But we do know that a lot of couples really need to see it in person to know if they like it. And that's actually something that you can't do with your traditional florist. So we actually have a sample program where couples can order a collection or two. We send them the, the bridesmaids bouquet size so they can see it in person. They can experience the the return process. And then they can also color match if they do um if they do want to match it with, you know, bridesmaids dresses or whatever it is at the time. So in that way, I think it helps couples see if, um, if it's going to be something that matches their vision and their color scheme. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Cause I think that's definitely one of the things which also leads to waste when a bride or a groom can't see a sample of the flowers that they're going to get because they might not be in season or whatever. And then they have a hard time picturing it in their mind, how it's going to turn out. And then the florist will just have to say, we'll just have to trust me, which can be hard for some people. So I think it's great that you're able to, um, to provide them with a sample so that they can at least see, like it's like seeing a swatch of a dress in person. You can actually see how the light hits it, how it matches the other things during visioning for your wedding and really see, is this the right color palette to go with or should we go with the other options? I think that's great. I think one of the other things we've found from talking to our customers is that uh, a lot of couples do have a specific vision for their event, but maybe they are willing to sacrifice the customization of the flowers for something else that would execute their vision in another way. So if they know they want, for example, a rust orange as part of their color palette, if we don't have a rust orange collection and they know that ahead of time, they may be able to spend the money that they've saved on the flowers um, to get say, colored linens or colored glasses or something else that they maybe wouldn't have included before, but with the cost savings from choosing a pre-assembled flower collection, they can get something else that will still achieve their their dream vision for their event. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's great too, because I think, um, I think people forget that you can incorporate color in many different ways. And I think being able to save money with the flowers in order to have something that is that pops or is a more unique way of infusing that design into your wedding is a really great idea. So that's a really good tip. So I have to ask about how you all are sourcing the flowers. I know I've seen um, like a range from Michael's and Joanne's fabrics, which are not that nice, but they're okay. You know, to like when I'm online on guilt and they have the full flower arrangements with like the hydrangea that, you know, I can keep, but it's like $250, which is 
basically the same price as if I was getting a fresh arrangement. However, they're, you know, they're, they'll last a lot longer than fresh flowers. How do you all, like, what was the process like of actually sourcing? You don't have to tell me specifically where you get them, but how was the process of, of like researching where do we go to get really nice high-end silk flower, silk florals? So when we first started uh, looking at floor options for Megan's wedding, we did actually start with some of the uh, more common craft stores that everyone has access to. And there are hidden gems. There are some that are very nice within that, uh, you know, within that product line also. Uh, But once we got going and we realized that we were willing to invest in some higher quality options, uh, I was able to find a couple uh, distributors in the U.S. that uh, acute that have a, a very large project product line of flowers from suppliers all over the world, and they import them to the U.S. and then sell them to U.S. purchasers wholesale. Uh, so we've visited a couple of those warehouses and been able to pick out the flowers in person, which has been very nice as compared to just seeing them online in pictures. You know, you're able to feel them, uh, see how the colors compare, look at what different varieties they have. So now we pretty much get, I would say, 95% of our flowers from those distributors rather than the local craft stores just because of quality and because of the level of savings you're able to get by purchasing wholesale. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that I would not even know where to begin with trying to research that. So that's really impressive that you were able to find it. Um, I do think that this episode is going to be really helpful for a lot of people because I've not probably considered using faux florals um, in place of real flowers. But for people that are still unsure or this is still a new topic for them, how would someone know or what should they be thinking about to consider if renting faux florals is the right option for them? Faux flower fear is still a thing that we we face with couples all the time. And we totally understand because most couples have never seen what a high quality faux flower can look like in person. So for the couples that are on the fence about it, we definitely recommend ordering a sample and, um, and going from there. Cause a lot of people are very surprised once they see them in person. Yeah. I think that the fact that you guys are able to offer um, the samples is really, really helpful. And I think that will definitely help people. And plus I think just looking at, I have them on my monitor on my other screen here. I, I just look at the arrangements that you have and they look really, really, really pretty. So I think one, Amanda has done a really good job of learning how to arrange flowers, but then also just the fact that they are really pretty arrangements themselves, um, whether or not they're real or they're silk um, is very, very impressive. So, so yeah. Um, so for the people that are creatively inclined and kind of artsy, <clears throat> And maybe they want to consider doing, making silk floral, silk floral arrangements on their own, although I couldn't imagine doing that. But um, do you have any tips for them as far as like how to go about doing it or recommendations on where they should get started? I'll take that one. So I would say uh, a couple things that I have learned from making the arrangements and sourcing the flowers is that there's a couple things you can do to make them as real looking as possible. The first one is color. So one thing you'll notice with a lot of the uh, uh, craft store flowers is that there's a lot of blues and bright pinks and lime greens. And in reality, those are not very realistic flower colors. They may be very pretty, but if you are going for realism, usually uh, bright magenta 
uh, navy blue, try to steer away from those colors because they typically don't exist in nature as much as ivory and red and purples. So color, color is probably the first big thing. The second one I would say is the more types of flowers you can include, the more realistic it can be. A lot of faux flowers, there's usually one variation of the flower itself. And even though you might not notice that's why it looks unrealistic, uh, uh, subconsciously what you're seeing is that every white rose in that faux bouquet looks exactly the same. Mm. It's the same shade of white. It's got the same number of petals where in nature, there's one that's half open. There's one that's fully bloomed. There's one that's maybe 90% bloomed. And getting that natural looking variation of flowers can go a long way to making your bouquet look more realistic. So if you can find, for example, a variety of white roses in a similar tone with different levels of blooms, maybe a few buds, maybe a few fully open roses, that can be a great way to get a little bit more realism in your bouquet. That is a fascinating tip that I feel like is very obvious, but it's not. Like I think that's a really, really good point about how all the flowers that you get are very, very different, even though they're all the same variety, for example. Um, so when you're arranging them or when you're picking out the, the silk flowers, are you also even taking some of them and changing them, like opening them up a little bit a little more and or not really closing them up? I don't think you do that. But are you also tweaking them a little bit too once you've received them? Or do you not really have to do that because you've sourced different kinds? So far, we've been able to find a pretty good variety between the different distributors of different types of the same flower that looks similar enough that they would be visibly the same flower in the bouquet. Uh, so we don't modify them too much, although I have experimented with changing the color of them, either with dyes or with uh, hand-paintedness. Unfortunately, that's labor-intensive enough that it doesn't match our low-cost model as well. Uh, but there are things you can do if you are making your own flowers with with dyeing and uh, self-adjusting the color and the shape. Most of them have wire stems and removable leaves. So another thing you can do is uh, bending them into a shape that looks more realistic or removing the leaves. Usually the leaves are one of the least realistic parts of the flowers. So I would recommend, you know, making custom changes for yourself like that also. Interesting. This is, this is just so interesting. This is just fascinating. Um, have you all ever gotten any requests from people that are like, what if I want to build something with your flowers? Is that something that you, which I think would be so daunting, but is that something that you recommend against? Or is that, do you have stuff that people can rent and then they can do that themselves? Or what are your thoughts on that? We have gotten some requests for larger arrangements, usually for ceremony decor. And we, in 2020, yeah, 2022, next spring, we are introducing some arch floral arrangements uh, which I think will fill that niche really well. Unfortunately, the larger the item is, the more difficult it is to ship. And as most people know, oversized items do get very expensive very quickly to ship. So we focus on smaller arrangements that people could uh, rent multiples of, although we are hoping with our ARCH pilot program that uh, that couples find that as a good way to get the the big dramatic ceremony arrangements that they let, that they want. Is there other questions that people ask you or that we haven't talked about? One common question that we get is what happens if I lose one of my items? Uh, in some 
cultures, they it's standard that you take the centerpieces with you at the end of the wedding, for example, or someone, say, leaves a boutonniere on and, and they leave the event with the boutonniere on. So we do get that question a lot. And we do have a, a policy of uh, our, our tip. We do have retail prices for our items so that if an item does get uh, not included in the package, uh, that you can pay individually for the retail items if needed. Uh, although typically for a single boutonniere or a single corsage, uh, we do typically waive that as we realize it happens sometimes. So we want to make sure that people aren't dissuaded from renting because they're worried about one or two items going missing over the course of the day. Right. Yeah, that's a good point because um, with rentals, that's, I mean, I think there's probably going to be fewer that you have to count with the, the flower arrangements, but even like with the tables, you'll still have, to, you'll still have a, a good number. Um, I always have to count at the end of the night, all of the napkins, like all of the flatware, like all of the table linens to make sure that my couples aren't charged. And like the tablecloths are expensive. They're like $85. And I think to, to replace them is in the $200 range. So that's definitely something that I'm like, we have to find every single napkin, every single tablecloth, because I just don't want to deal with, you know, my couples having to pay for the replacement of them. I think sometimes, you know, the, the companies will just forgive it, but still I feel bad because I know it's depleting the inventory too, because so then the, the company is going to have to replenish it in some way. So it'll probably just come back to us anyways, but that's really good to know that at least, you know, there's a, the, there's a way for you all to recoup your expenses, but it's not going to necessarily um, break the bank for a couple um, if something does get lost, because that that will definitely happen, especially when people get really have a lot of fun at their wedding. <laughs> oh, can you tell me a little bit about the vessels? Because I know sometimes couples have a certain vessel in mind for their arrangements. So are the vessels included with it or do they not come with it or do they pick and choose or are they part of a certain collection? So glad you mentioned that because we do have a lot of couples that like you said, have a, a vessel or a vase in mind that really matches their vision. So our bouquets can be put into just about any vase, um, as long as it's probably bigger than maybe an inch and a half in diameter. Um, the centerpieces do come in a in a white vase, so a lot of couples will use that. But um, if they have a vision in mind, it's, it's very easy to just take out the bouquet, put it in a new vase. And then that's also a great way that the flowers can do, we call it double duty, um, the bridesmaids can use the, the bouquets during the ceremony. And then in the reception, they can just put them into a vase and it becomes a centerpiece. So great way to stretch that budget a little further. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, I like to use the bouquets that the, cause I always, I always tell the flower girls and the, the bridesmaids, make sure you bring your bouquet in its vase. One, so that it doesn't die Two, so that we can re- we. Uh, use it at the ser- at the reception. So I like to put them on the cake table or the the escort cards and favors table or the bar. You know, lots of places because I think just having flowers in general are really really pretty. Oh, one thing that I meant to ask that I forgot to ask: Do you all have other tips that you want to share as far as like saving on the wedding or just having you know have, how to stretch your budget a little bit more? Because I know that was one of the things that we talked about. I think for me, the number one biggest thing I wish I knew when I was planning my wedding is that it makes the most sense to pick a few key areas 
of your wedding or reception and really just put a majority of your budget towards that one area. I wish that we would have splurged more and just done a big arch or a big altar arrangement because a majority of our pictures, that's where we are. Those are the pictures that we framed. And so instead of having a bouquet on the present table and the cake table, mm-hmm. um, I think my biggest tip would be put your budget where it's going to count. Amanda, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think Megan said it really well. I think pick your one or two big statement items, like she said, and make those the core focus, knowing that you'll get your best frameable pictures out of those items. I I completely agree with you all on that because I talk about this a lot on the podcast. I always say, talk about your budget, talk about your budget, talk about your budget. And then after that, I say, what are your priorities? Like think through what are the three things you really want to come from your wedding? Is it the band? Is it the food? Is it the design? And if it's those things, what are the key places that are going to make the biggest impact? And let's focus on that. Because if those are your priorities, that's where we should put your budget towards. And then um, then from there, we can either decide if something is going to be decided later on, if we have more budget, or that just helps us have a priority, like a, a a way to decide this is first, second, and third. If there's extra money, then great. If not, like these are our must-have. And I think when couples realize that your budget is an expression of your priorities and that's how you should treat it, then it's not like I, – I feel like a lot of times even when people talk about the word budget when it relates to the wedding, they feel like they're being cheap, but it's not. It's just you deciding what your priorities are and how you're going to spend your money. So – I think it's a really good point of thinking through like, where are you going to have your photos? What do you want to be behind you? Where is it going to make the most impact? And then focusing on that um, and not worrying about all of the other things that you're seeing on Pinterest or Instagram, because it can become overwhelming because you want to do this thing and this thing and this thing. And then, and then you realize that you're over budget, which is not a good feeling. So I think that's a really, really great point. One interesting thing that I did not know before getting into this industry after spending hours perusing Pinterest and Instagram is that many of those Pinterest and Instagram images are from styled photo shoots where vendors contribute their time and it's more of an execution of an artistic vision rather than someone's specific wedding. And that's something that I was not familiar with prior to this industry. So like you said, seeing those beautiful statement floral arches on Pinterest and thinking that that will be within the range of an average wedding budget. When in reality, usually that is not. It's true. I mean, I I say this a lot of times on the podcast first, um, no one, I mean, vendors are not putting out their average work on Pinterest or Instagram. They're not putting out things that are not like what they want to be like they're they're most proud of. So it's going to be the things that they love the most that is what they're trying to get also as far as like the types of weddings that they want to plan or the, the, the destinations that they want to shoot in or the types of arbors that they want to be designing. So yeah, I very much agree with that. Um, Also like no one, I see this all the time, like no one dreams of planning an average wedding. So when you think about what that, you know, what that means as far as like your, everything that you want to have for your wedding. Like you want to have the best this and the best this and the best that. So thinking through what that means for your budget is really, really important. Yeah. So I think I definitely agree with that. And the thing with, 
with photo shoots. I've done some of them because I, I like to get to know different vendors um, and see how they work, kind of test them out a little bit, develop a relationship with them. But I completely agree with you that some of these photos from these photo shoots are not realistic at all. Like I'll see a table and it's covered with flowers or like these little trinkets and knickknacks or whatever. And I'm like, no one can sit here and eat. Like, what, what are you trying? And I think part of it is an artistic thing of just trying to say like, Hey, like this is something different. That's fine. Um, but it's not realistic at all as far as like a logical, a logical standpoint of like how you would actually execute a wedding. Um, so yeah, I think those are really, really both great points. Before we wrap up the interview, um, I want to ask you both one last question that I ask all of our guests, because I believe that life is too short to waste it on moments without meaning or don't give us joy. What gives you both the most joy and is the most meaningful for you? I think for me, the best part of my day is when we get pictures from people's wedding who have used our flowers. It's Every single time I just study the pictures to see like what additions they added in their centerpieces or what venue they had. And it's just such an honor to be part of people's wedding day. And um, it's also just fun to remember what it's really about. Like we're celebrating marriage, we're celebrating the couple and the flowers are fun. But again, it's just an honor to, to be a part of something big like that. I agree with Megan. I really enjoy seeing how people took our eight collections and made them their own, whether they added ribbon or whether they paired it with a more casual dress or a more boho theme. I love seeing people's uh, customizations that they make to make our flowers really special to them. I love that. I mean, I'm sure that you see just a variety of of different things. And I think it's great because, you know, at the end of the day, I think a wedding is an expression of yourselves and your personality um, and how you are able to tweak something or make it your own is really, really special. And that's, I think that's how people will, will remember your day and how special it was is because they feel like when they see something, they're like, that was definitely what they would do. Right. That's just so quintessentially them. I think seeing how people personalize things is, is really, is really great. Well, it was wonderful talking to both of you. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. This has been a really awesome conversation. Before I let you go, can you let our listeners know where they can find you online? Sure. So our Instagram has a lot of great info pics. We are Silk Stem Collective on Instagram. And then our website is silkstemcollective.com. And please feel free to message us anytime. We're we're always open for, for questions or any way that we can help. Awesome. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, Megan and Amanda of the Silk Stem Collective. Well, what did you all think of today's episode? I love talking to Megan and Amanda, and I had never really considered faux florals a viable option for wedding decor, but they convinced me that they're definitely worth looking into. Not only are their faux florals sourced from the best materials, they're beautiful, economical, and great for the environment. And the ladies at the Silk Stem Collective are giving you, our listeners, 10% off your order with our special code ASK10. So make sure you check them out at silkstemcollective.com and enter the code ASK10 for 10% off your entire 
order. Now, as we start to wrap up today's episode, don't forget that you can get all of the show notes and photos of the beautiful flowers that the Silk Stem Collective has at verveventco.com forward slash 51. Again, the show notes are at verveventco.com forward slash 51. Always, please don't forget to leave our show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Every single review that you leave helps our little teeny tiny show get seen and found by other couples and our vendors that are looking for help planning their wedding. And I read every single one of your reviews, guys. So I really, really appreciate your time in writing that review for me. You can leave your thoughts, questions you want me to ask and and answer in upcoming episodes, or just a couple emojis. I love emojis. So whatever you're thinking. And again, if you have any questions, drop them in your review and I will address it in an upcoming episode, just like I did in episode 50. Don't forget to leave your IG handle and I will follow you back. Throughout the year, I will be sending some gifts to people that leave reviews. So if you want a gift card or something else fun and sweet, maybe some champagne gummy bears, drop your IG handle and I will slide into your DMs and get your address. Now, speaking of reviews, today's listener review is by someone whose Apple name is Emmers, multiple exclamation points, smiley face, and a heart, which is so cute. She writes, hooked, five stars. Found this podcast from Instagram. Helpful content and engaging conversation. Listened to one episode, then started making it a weekly ritual. And her Instagram handle is the underscore M's 22. Thank you so much, Emily, for reading that review. I so, so appreciate it. You have no idea. That is it for today's episode. Next week, I am kicking off a series for the month of February, which is the month of love, where I interview real couples who have been in your shoes and are now happily married. We are hearing from three different couples over the next couple of weeks who all planned their weddings and got married during the pandemic, their biggest takeaways, and their advice for you all that are now planning your own weddings. We also dive into different issues and hard decisions they all had to make and how they navigated them. I love talking talking to these couples and I'm so excited to share their interviews with you all. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed listening. Like I said, it really means the world to me that you join me every single week and I cannot thank you enough. In the meantime, I'll see you guys on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast and on TikTok at Verve Event Co. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 